Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Joining me, as always, Marky. Say hi, Marky. Hey, hey, y'all. And guess what? Special guest, our new friend and uh, increasingly uh, frequent collaborator, Holy Hobbit. Say hey, Holy. Hey, guys. That sounded good. Say hey, Holy. Hey, Holy. Yeah. Well, thank you for following stage directions. But, yeah, I think I'm, I'm trying to build up like a catchphrase for her. We'll get there. We'll hey, get holy. There. Hey, holy. I like that one. Like hey, that. holy. Guess what we're doing now? We're celebrating 50 years of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Golden anniversary. Kind of a big deal. It's kind of. the Comic-Con yeah. convention. I think you could say the, the old Star Trek conventions. Mm-hmm. It started, yeah. Predate. Yeah. Well, they might not predate the actual San Diego Comic Con, but I mean that was a big thing. I think uh, you know the whole the whole concept of Trekkie, mm-hmm. you know, like the the whole cosplay, yeah. you know, like Star Trek was there. I mean, that's it. Kind of starts it. Yeah, yeah. It was the first like uh, the realistic entry point for popular culture into sci-fi back in the '60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, helped define what really a strong fan base can do when they brought it back for movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can it really defined kind of like how popular culture can be shaped by something because without Star Trek, you would have no Star Wars. Yep. Very true. Yep. And I think that's a deep vein. To get into, because we were hoping <laughs> to have uh, our uh, other uh, infrequent collaborator Ben call in. Couldn't couldn't do it for the show. Yeah, but, but he is he's the one who told us. I think uh, we got into a rather heated discussion once mm-hmm. about why he does not like the new Star Treks. That's right. And why is that, Marky? Well, yes. Allow me to speak for Ben because I think yeah, yeah, you're you're another. If you're a Trekkie listening to this, you have your own reasons to like or dislike. The new Star Treks, uh-huh. but Marky, you were never a Star Trek fan. You were a Star Wars fan. Exactly. So, what does that mean? Well, I really, well, I have seen the original series, not all of them, but I've seen many of the episodes, and I've seen the original cast movies, and I've enjoyed them to various uh, levels, various degrees. Okay. Yeah. I have nothing negative to say. I don't think there is not a a cultural civil war going on between Star Trek and Star Wars, okay? Now, we hate it when outsiders confuse the two. Oh, you know, oh yeah, we, does we that happen to, a lot when people it. accidentally call Star Wars Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. It happens. Um, yeah. It happens. Yeah. But it, from the un- Holy Hobbits agrees. Hey, Holy, make yourself known. That's Nope. You don't Sorry, think so? Yeah. If there were a cultural civil war between Star Wars and Star Trek... 
the North would win in a day. Well, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not excusing such shenanigans. I'm just saying that it exists. Okay, so. People do confuse the two because star, it's stars in both of them. So yeah. I, you know, and, and and they just really don't care. Mm. But for the people that do care, there is somewhat of a divide. And allow me to elaborate. And this is again coming off of you know various conversations that we have had in the pop culture over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and what's going on here is that there are people that absolutely and totally and completely love Star Trek. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? And they yeah. even dress we, up yeah, as we such. Discuss. We're talking yeah. about Trekkies. Okay. Here, right? Now, so those people, and I do say those people. <laughs> yes. they, because you're a monster. Exactly. <laughs> and they they tend to not, if you are a original Star Trek Trekkie, then you tend to not like the J.J. Abrams films that came out you know, over the yeah. last 10 years. Okay? Leading to our... Uh, our sponsor today, which is uh, Paramount Studios' release of Star Trek oh, Beyond, yeah, that's right. coming out. <laughs> Before we really draw the battle lines here, yeah, let's, let's, just, uh, let's, let's go ahead and right. mention that, yes, Star Trek Beyond, the newest J.J. Abrams uh, uh, produced, produced, right, right. produced uh, Star Trek picture, which did pretty damn well in the box offices, mm-hmm. I'm told. Well, it's finally come out. Uh, it's on digital, I think, right now. It was released on HD October 4th. October 4th. But it's coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, uh, physical copies coming out when? November? Yeah. Uh, November 1st. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, if you're the type who likes a physical copy, I got good news for you. Even though it's still a little bit of a wait, we've got one already. Oh, we're giving them away. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How's that? Now, how should we give this one away? Well, I think it's, uh, why don't we talk about that at the end of the show? You you don't want to spoil it right now. Well, we could, but I want people to listen to the whole damn show first. I mean, you're going to earn. This. You think you think you're just going to get your ticket to a free copy on Blu-ray? Yeah, we want some incentive. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and why wouldn't you want this? And 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 why wouldn't you put yourself through the rest of the show? Yeah. Which is quite the chore, I know. But the 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 whole reason why we're even kind of talking about this is aside from the fact that it's been fifty years golden 50 anniversary years since the original since the Star original Trek Star Trek out. came out since you know there was a time where Star Trek didn't exist and <laughs> that was fifty years ago and now it that does was, exist. That was fifty years and a few days. Yeah. Ago. Now everything on that side of it. That's right. That's is, right. Is right here. But uh, as the it, latest uh, 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 iteration iteration is now available uh, on on digital if you're waiting for the Blu-ray, come to us. But either way you get, what we're talking about is the intrepid crew of the USS Enterprise returning in the best action movie of the year, according to Scott Mance of Access Hollywood. Notoriously difficult place to get a good review from. <laughs> yeah, Scott Vance of Vance <laughs> Reviews. Is that who was? <laughs> the highly entertaining new installation a new installment, sorry, in the iconic franchise, Star Trek Beyond, sets a course on 4K, Ultra HD, Blu-ray, 3D, and Blu-ray combo packs. It's a hell of a lot of ways to enjoy the new Star Trek. Uh-huh. It would just, Gene Roddenberry is spinning in his grave thinking about how much you're going to like this. It's available November 1st, but you can get it perhaps a little bit early from us. Uh-huh. And stay tuned for more on that. Now, this sci-fi adventure is also available as part of the Star Trek Trilogy Blu-ray collection. The film Warp Speeds to Digital HD already has on October 4th. Director Justin Lind of the Fast and Furious franchise delivers a fun and thrilling adventure 
That's uh, Eric Eisenberg of Cinema Blend, if you need uh, reference. I go to his site all the time. With, why wouldn't you? <laughs> With an incredible all-star cast, including Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, as well as newcomers to the Star Trek universe, Sophia Botella from The Kingsman, mm-hmm. and Idris Elba from... Well, everything. The Wire, even though they want me to tell you Pacific Rim. He's from The Wire, Stringer Bell. In Star Trek Beyond, the Enterprise crew explores the furthest reaches of uncharted space where they encounter a mysterious new enemy who puts them and everything the Federation stands for to the test. The Star Trek Beyond 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray 3D and Blu-ray combo packs are loaded with over an hour of action theme bonus content with featurettes from filmmakers... And cast, including J.J. Abrams, Justin Lin, Chris Pine, and Zachary Quinto, go beyond the movie's incredible edge-of-your-seat action and see how an unprecedented 50 new alien species were created. My God, 50 new alien species for one movie? Let me just cut you off right now. I think you might have to because they are overselling this. This is a great movie. This is a great movie. And it stands enough by itself. They destroy the Enterprise in this. Don't worry, it happens at the beginning, so I'm not. Uh, it's not too. Yes. It's not too spoilery. It's the whole Only motor. If you wanted to whole enjoy story. the beginning of the movie. They're going to destroy it. Everybody knows. <laughs> I mean, I'm, <laughs> I already told you. They do now. <laughs> it happens so, every time. Yeah, it's, that's right. So you're right. They actually do destroy the whole thing. But this is this is. There, there, there's been a couple of times where it gets destroyed, but it is they set the stage with that, and that's a big deal. They seem to if always. If you like Star Trek, the Enterprise is a touchstone. You're right. You and blow that up like they did in, uh, what was it, uh, Star Trek uh, 2, 3, when they blow it up uh, in the movies? It was 2. Oh, it, it, was it 2? I think it was 2. That was the con. That was where con, uh, mm-hmm. con's yeah. revenge. I think yeah, you're right. I think so. Now, the reason why we're talking about this movie specifically today in the context of a 50th anniversary is that there's been people that have been watching Star Trek for that long. Mm-hmm. And, and those people, I said it again, those people yeah. tend yeah. to not... Like racist monsters, they tend to not <laughs> like these the Star movies. Wars. And and I'll give you a brief. Uh, I ended that little reading with it. Fifty new alien species yeah. in Star Trek. In the shows, they would carefully introduce mm-hmm. any one over over new species. Yeah, they weren't like the goddamn Tatooine Cantina. You're really you're really getting close to what yes that's, that's exactly right that's just that's a Star Wars thing that in itself is the point is that what the original Star Trek Trekkies liked about Star Trek they feel has been evaporated with the J.J. Abrams um, movies and what they believe. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm speaking for a very big constituency here, but what a lot of them tend to believe is that J.J. Abrams made Star Trek into Star Wars, mm-hmm. and that is why I like these movies so much. Yeah, you really got on board the new. I know you I didn't hate them. the originals, but I you never, you, you just didn't click with them. Yeah, and I know just, that because I grew up. I was a Star Trek fan. I watched the original. I watched Next Generation. I watched as much Deep Space Nine as I could, and then I kind of hit puberty, and then I went from there. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've liked the movies, and I feel like I, I know that universe, and I yeah. like when it's treated with respect. I am Which familiar. I think is what J.J. Abrams yeah. did. Holy Hobbits. Now, I learned, interestingly enough, you grew up watching the original series. Yes. The one that is actually 50 years old now. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and she's not 50. And she is not. She is not 50. Yeah. She watched it when it was. In fact, she said she had trouble getting into it because she hated watching old stuff on TV. <laughs> yeah, it took a little bit of time, but I appreciate it now. Okay. Yes. Yeah, someone beat it into you, and that's good to hear. <laughs> but now, and then the only other part of this uh, universe that you watched was Star Trek Enterprise. Yes, that is very true as well. But would you call yourself a Trekkie or at least a Trek fan? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I've been to the Star Trek conventions when I was younger. Um, See, yeah, Mom that's was dragging right me there. along, which I went willingly. So good, good. Trek for life. Not so big on the Star Wars, but absolutely Star Trek. We'll talk about that later. That, no, no, that's what we're talking about right damn now, and we're getting to the heart of it because there is a different. I I am going to represent the side here that enjoys both of them. Mm-hmm. I grew up with both of them. Mm-hmm. And I really like them both. And so I like the new Star Trek movies, but I recognize them as something else because they do have much more fantastical elements. They're not about the hard scrabble ingenuity of some frail humans and one or two alien races in one little ship adrift in in deep space. It's a much grander scale. I mean, you know, the difference between... uh, Star Wars and Star Trek is like the difference between The Godfather and Goodfellas. Yeah, I could see that. And I, it, you've got a saga. You've got you, you're watching the most important people on well, the board. There, there is something, or you're just watching people do their jobs in this brand new world. What you, uh, what I believe that you're that that you're touching on is is something that oh is, I touched on it. I touched it good I, I shined you, it up I, I pulled you, it out it's you fondled screamed. it I think you're yeah I think I point. made a point but look what what is fundamentally the difference between the two which everybody needs to wrap their 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 tiny little Star Trek brains on oh, is that is that what what you have here is okay, you have something it. that is science fiction and you have something else that is fantasy science fantasy versus science fiction. you can we, say you, we boiled it down you to can that. you can qualify it as science fiction fantasy sci-fi fantasy which is if you were back in the old video stores there was sci-fi fantasy section sometimes yeah all right so sometimes you yeah. can and in today's yeah. day and age just a slap in the face it's a slap in the face <laughs> to everything i believe in and so okay now what you are allowed in that difference is that you can have a little bit more um you don't have to explain things so well things you can have, have the have, force you can have the force which does a lot of the work for you okay <laughs> so you know you can have people die and then come back you can have all that stuff. And then when you see it happen well, to Spock, that. that's what I was about to say when it happened to Spock. But that was based on a technology. I'm with it. They created yeah. a whole new other world as well. Correct. So, But it, it also has to be – I don't want to get defensive. But even – and one of, its, one of Star Trek's major themes is that it has to be completely draped in logic. Yes. You know, you know, you know Spock is – he represents the logic – and so to a lot of the Star Wars people... They will have logic on this deck. <laughs> it's, it's very much yeah. like if you're on a, on a U-boat for the, for the Nazis. And, and, but so like if, if, you are, if you are in that world, then it does seem to carry a lot of weight to it, to have to constantly justify things and to make things logical. And with, uh, in the Star Wars world, especially if you were raised in that, that's where I was raised in, um, then it seems to be a little bit more paced, a quicker pace, mm. more action-packed. Yeah. And that is what J.J. did to the Star Trek universe, is that he turned it, he he styled it 
uh, he styled it to be a Star Wars film without the fantasy. Mm -hmm. And damn, was it a good audition because he obviously wouldn't yeah. know. And then he, then he dumped this franchise <laughs> to go on to Star Wars. And now he's, he's still, with, and now we, now we have a Just a nerd's dream. Yeah. 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 He, and he always wanted the Star Wars thing and yeah. he treated Star Trek in that fashion. And so a lot of the original Trekkies believe that it was, you know, soiled. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, we'd, we would have to hear from JJ about that if that's mm-hmm. true. And, one of these days, I'm going to return his call. We'll have him on the show. But for yeah. now, we can just speculate about what it was that, that he had in mind. But clearly, it does look from the outside like he said, look what I can do with a fan-beloved franchise. Now give me this. So he pulled that off. <laughs> and before we end up just talking about in Star Wars for the rest of the night. I do that every show. Yes, I, I know, know you do. We're going back to Trek. 50 years of 50 Trek. Years. One of the people on the original series. Who's gone on and done other things as well. But uh, we're talking about Chekhov. Chekhov. Walter Koenig. Walter Koenig. Who uh, we've had on the show before because uh-huh. of his uh, affiliation with another property we like and we always like to uh, speak up is Nobility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a chance to talk to him about Nobility. And, of course, I shoehorned in the whole 50th anniversary <laughs> and made him open up about uh, some Star Trek as well. Uh, he was a great sport about it. And, uh, well... That's enough spoiling that. You guys want to hear it? I, I do. Absolutely. Uh, all right. At Magic Interview Machine, give me a little bit of Walter Koenig. Meanwhile, I will. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try not to take up a lot of your time, but uh, you know, if if I start to babble, please know I'm a huge fan, and uh, I'm going to try and keep it in check. But uh, <laughs> I might get a little geeky. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, first of all, I uh, I want to talk about uh, nobility, sure. which which listeners to the show will be familiar with because we have we here on the show. I think it's been about three years now. We've been following EJ and and his dream of this. Uh, so listeners will know that there is a pilot that exists out there, and it is we hope making the rounds. But that is that's a substantial step forward, though. I think you know it's that doesn't exactly we haven't built the audience yet. And that that got us here in the show talking about how long this process takes, and uh, and you've been you've been attached for a while now as well. So I was wondering if you could speak to some of that for us. And is it around the industry standard now, or is that changing, or what's happening behind the scenes? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by industry standard. Standard uh, of what the duration it takes to get something out to the public. My guess is that. Two years is, is, is from, from from the time of rap to the time of being in the market. It generally seems to be uh, how, uh, the length of time involved. So I don't think they're far off the um, the standard as in terms of getting it um, um, sold and uh, uh, before the, before an audience. Um, it's a tough business, you know. It, <laughs> I think how tough it is on, on the studio and the studio side of things. It takes sometimes three and five years uh, to get pictures made, and when you're working with a you know a limited supply of um, resources, and uh, as do these independent filmmakers like EJ, uh, there are all sorts of things, uh, problems you run into that are unanticipated. Yeah, it, it's yeah. got to be fraught with complications, something that uh, that complex that, that that someone's putting together. And and essentially, 
without studio backing in the in the case of nobility. Right. So that's I think makes it more impressive. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the internet has, has has finally found a good use. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, there are people out there who are willing to fans who are willing to support either a project or a director or actors involved or the genre that's involved. Um, and, and they have made it possible to make pictures, um, you know, in the range of $200,000 to $500,000. Um, so bless them for uh, putting their money where their mouth is. And it's a, it's a, you know, it's a whole new era. Uh, in, yeah. in the motion pictures industry, that you have fan-generated films, uh, and I think it's terrific. So it, it, it gets the little guy a chance to uh, to make a film to see his dream come true, and and his compatriots in the in the game are the fans. They're the ones that help uh, support the ideal and and the um the dream and uh it's it's i think it's a it's a delightful thing that you have fans and production people working together i've been involved in a, other, a couple of others like that so i i know how how uh, rewarding it, it feels and how uh uh what what, what a nice bonding it it makes yeah, yeah. Uh, one one could say you were part of the uh, most famous franchise that that was able to use fan adoration to fight against what the studio kept thinking was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. One could say that. <laughs> I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, yeah, I I do believe you know of what you speak here, and yeah. and the internet. I think you're right. Has and this and I'm as a as a fan as a consumer. I'm excited to see it going this way. Because I think yeah. there are, you know, there may not be a whole lot of come-from-behind successes. Somebody puts a video on YouTube, next thing you know, they're remaking Star Wars or something. But I think there, there's enough room, there, there's enough pieces of this pie where I get, as a consumer, more uh, variation. I get such a greater selection of, of sure. less, you know, uh, uh, preset expressions. Whereas, and then you have enough artists out there who, again, maybe they're never going to buy a mansion, but you know they set out, they they accomplish what they want to do, and they do have that outlet to reach at least some kind of an audience. Absolutely. The model is changing to the you know like Amazon is now considered you know like a studio player making their own content, but they take a, their group of pilots and then just put them out in the internet. And say, all right, what show should we turn into a series by next year? Which is yeah. something I, the networks never would have trusted us with 20 years ago. Absolutely, and it's not as if the networks are the uh, are the know-all uh, or the panacea for success in this industry because they they have as many failures making films as. Uh, any other company producing a product, um, they have pilots that fail all the time, and movies that don't don't make the the box office that they anticipate. So uh, why not give it to the, the folks who are the closest to the ground and they can hear the uh, the uh, heartbeats of the uh, of the audience? 
Yeah. 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 And then, you know, and it makes, I think, us as fans feel a, a little bit more like we own the franchise before it even is, is, is born. You know, it never hurts to have a few diehard fanatics on your side. Uh, but anyway, I feel like I, I've led us astray because we were talking about nobility, and I don't know if you have any information about where this is in the process. If, you know. I think they're treading water. You know, they're they're trying to get things going. They're uh, they're hoping that somebody will throw them a uh, you know a a net or something that they can catch and. Uh, Real, real in this. Well, but my metaphors are really lousy. <laughs> I'm fine. Real in this, real in this project, and uh, and get it out before the public. It's it, you know, the process is is um, is a tough one, and you've got to have a lot of uh, vitality and energy and optimism and um, determination, and keep plugging away. Um, mobility may well have a, a, a market and uh, draw in enough folks to make it uh, successful uh, at you know at the uh, at the level in, in which it was conceived um, and get people buying DVDs or theatrical release or cable or whatever it might be. Uh, it, it's 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 a crapshoot, you know. It, it, yeah, we, you know they've asked money, they've asked people to to uh, to invest and, and put them uh, and, and put up some money for them, but they've also put up their you know a couple of years of their life on their lives yeah. um, putting this together. They're not just idly sitting there waiting for the uh, for, for the uh, cash register to ring. They've worked very hard at, at getting this done and very passionate about uh, being as good as it possibly can be. Yeah, yeah. And we've, we've, we've been lucky enough, uh, me and my producer, to meet up with EJ and the whole crew down at Comic-Con almost every year that they've been uh, uh, bringing this out. And, you know, the the, the guy who is, is uh, selling the T-shirts at the booth also happens to be, you know, the head editor. And these mm-hmm. are not these are not hugely successful Hollywood moguls who are doing this for uh, right. for fun. These are people who believe in this project, which is why, at the very least, here on the show. So, the, and perk your ears up here, everybody listening, because we're talking to you. We want to build up buzz for it. We don't have a place for you to go plunk down your ten bucks and order the show or anything yet. But if we have some kind of buzz, if it can hit the ground running with something. We want to be a part of that because we get excited talking to EJ. He Good. is so, I mean, he believes in this so much. We're willing to give it a shot. We'll go all in. And I think it says something that you, I mean, you are a, a legend, especially in, in the genre that this is. So for you to not only be a part of it, but to come out and do these, uh, these, these uh, promotional interviews like this, believe me, people, he, Mr. Koenig does not have to be sitting here talking to us right now. Well, you know, I'm, I just turned 80, but in my head, I'm still around 13, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I get enthusiastic and excited about projects and people who uh, have uh, determination and have good ideas, and I want this, them to succeed. It's not going to make a whole lot of difference in my lifestyle, 
uh, <laughs> whatever happens with nobility, whether it's an enormous success or not. But I just I'm an enthusiastic for the uh, for the process and for the people who are, who put in the time and the energy and the creativity to so that if, if I can if I can support it, I do. Yeah, exactly. That's you know that that's that it, that's a solid gold endorsement right there. When you don't have to do something and you find yourself doing it. That's so so everybody listening who does not have any way to see this pilot and you just have a picture of the show in your head, I got a chance to see the pilot. It's probably pretty close to what you're thinking. So it is worth yeah. getting excited about. Right. And and of course you can take it from Walter Gainig himself. Certainly no slouch. Uh, part of you know, the, the Star Trek 50th anniversary going on right now is a cultural touchstone. I mean, that is something that makes, you know, headlines, it, puff pieces maybe, but, you know, headlines. 50 yeah, years I, of this, I, I, and the I, network I, I, kept I, I, trying to kill it. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I still have to pinch myself. Um, there is a danger of taking things for granted. It's been around so long, so, you know... One assumes that it'll continue to be around, you know, ad infinitum, and I hope not ad nauseum, but ad infinitum anyway. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, and and it's and and it's the folks out there, they, your listeners and the people who who supported. Um, series that I was on, two series that I was on, and um, that makes this happen and makes it endure. Uh, bless them for, you know, to to have that thirteen year thirteen year old perspective as well. That, um, that they still believe in in ideas and fantasy and creativity, and and uh, they can they can support it when they see it. Uh, Star Trek has done a good job of keeping it going, and people like EJ and uh, others, folks that I've, I've been involved with and am in, and, and involved with right now with other projects are doing the same thing. So um, I commend the audience, and I applaud them, and I, and I, uh, and I uh, am grateful for them. Yeah, well, and, and it's I, – I think any anybody – who lives in in our society has has the ability to be a fan, but uh, the the idea has to speak to them in the right way. And yeah. some people are just right. going to be New York Giants fans because that's what speaks to them. But Star Trek. I'm a New York Giants fan. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Oh no, I went the wrong way. I was so close to no, saying it's Buffalo okay. Bills. It's okay. <laughs> I, I can the only the only member of the team I can name is the quarterback. So, but I do root for them, and I was disappointed that they lost by a few points last week. <laughs> but I'm also a New York Yankees fan, and I've now gone through some trials with them. So, well, um, they've been long due coming for you Yankees fans. <laughs> I'm a Chargers and Padre fan, so I have plenty uh, more to cry about than, oh than you ever would have. Poor to. soul, you're doomed. <laughs> But that's but see and that's and that's something that speaks to us. It would just talking about uh, things that we're a fan of get us excited and bring us to another intimate level, sort of. And that uh, for the ability that uh, maybe you just have the right eye because you pick not just Star Trek but Babylon Five. These are yeah, that was, these are big buttons. 
Yeah, that was for me. That was the, the best time I've had on television over the course of um, uh, twelve appearances on the show over five years. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I consider that maybe my uh, crowning achievement in, in, in television. Certainly, the has the most highlights. Well. Which which is lucky. I most people most yeah. people don't get a television career period, but for you to be able to, you know, inhabit roles that you wanted, that, yeah, and that uh, you know, and again, a lot of that comes from the power of the fan. I think, especially yeah. in the sci-fi genre, but because it does yeah, speak to something specific inside, they're of so people. devoted and they're and they're so um, uh, vociferous about about mm-hmm. their enthusiasm. It's the, the sci-fi fans that it's it's really uh, a great comfort yeah. I think to all of us to all of us who participate in that in that arena uh, to have folks like that behind yeah. us I mean uh, I've been almost to a fault if you read Twitter too much no it's not to a fault it, it's, it's the people who call them um, what do they call them they, they, they have Names for people who are interested in science, like science fiction heroes. But these are which? That's, oh, I was I making mean, a bad but, joke. But yeah, they, pe- people can. Uh, well, I mean, you know, the classic uh, nerd with the glasses. Nerd, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the, uh, but you know, I, I've met. First of all, there's nothing wrong with being a nerd, as far as I'm concerned. Not not that I consider myself one, but I think that's. If, 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 if that feels comfortable wearing that and being somebody yeah. who... Yeah, I think it's, it's downright chic now. If you ever bought into the idea of a real nerd, now you have to admit they're kind of popular. So, ha-ha. But I've been at, you know, I've been at conventions all over the... Well, not all over the world, but... Um, not, not all over the world, that's the emphasis. But <laughs> certainly I've been in conventions in, in South America. I've been in conventions in Europe... In Eastern Europe, um, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, and people of every walk of life, every walk, not only different uh, obvious cultural and, and ethnic differences, but people who who just you know whose lives are are just uh, developed along different lines than ours. Um, they all have a, uh, regardless of what their occupation is or anything else. They all seem to have a a fondness for 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 shows like Star Trek that that stimulate the the imagination that 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 you know broach the the possibility of uh, of a, a world where we can all live together. Yeah, and, very hopeful at its core. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's it's it's. I, I would never relegate uh, Star Trek fans to one particular kind of person. It's everybody. I fire. I, I talk to firemen. I talk to police officers. You know, at conventions uh, when they're off duty, uh, and they're volunteering to help out. You know, that kind of thing. Um, people yeah. in, the, in the military. The people in the military. Um, so, as well as people in the scientific community and and every other walk of life. So, yeah, I find it extremely gratifying and 
and um, makes me feel very good that um, there's a commonality of thought and uh, we, we can communicate on some level. Now, if we could only do that with everything else that's <laughs> transpiring, yes, we, we might not have the chaos that we have today. Yes, if a, if a major political party's convention were more like a, an actual uh, Comic-Con, <laughs> much better Yeah, world. there you go. Difficult yeah, thing to do, but but no, yeah. actually, I'm glad you brought that up because here on the show, a lot of time is spent talking about the the, the almost utopian nature of uh of the collective conventions and which by the way i think is another phenomenon not to belabor it but star trek gets a lot of credit for keeping the uh, the concept of conventions going and making them popular and when now they're everywhere and it does showcase that if we all decide there's a time and a place to come together and celebrate this you will get every walk of life it is not a small demographic wedge that just gets concentrated. People of all shapes, sizes, ages, backgrounds. If if the 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 idea behind that entertainment speaks to you, makes you a fan, apparently there is no single formula to make that, which is why we love conventions. As crowded as they get, we still love them here. Sure. Sure. Speaking of, are you uh I I just heard they renamed the old kamikaze as I think it's Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Convention, but it is still going on. Is there any chance you're going to be there this year? I will. Oh. I will be there. Perfect. Is there going to be any big reveals about nobility? I think that's where the pilot premiered last time. But I don't know any... if there's going to be any big reveals. I think they're, they're going to conduct a panel. They have been allotted the time period to conduct a panel. All right. Well, uh, I don't want to take up any more of your time, and I really thank you for talking with me. It's uh, kind of made my day. And uh, Good, you know what? If this takes another 10 years to keep getting enough buzz for nobility, I got no problem talking to you for 10 more years. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Mr. Koenig. Have a good day, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. And there you go. So if you are a dedicated Flintstones fan, uh, keeping track of the canon, the Flintstones have been to both the Enterprise and to the Jetsons world. Yeah, and they had that little Martian dude following them around. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I didn't say they were good trips, either of them. <laughs> I don't remember there, him. Remember? There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah little, uh, the little green I want to say Marvin the Martian, but yeah, no, I know who you're talking about, the little tiny floating green yeah. Martian that was that made the whole thing. Let's. I don't want to dive into that culture. Can we just talk about how good Fruity Pebbles are? And they're, by extension, Cocoa Pebbles? No. No? They're not. Okay. Rice Krispies are the best. <laughs> no, they're I not. I appreciate everything they tried to do and adding all the extra sugar and colors. <laughs> they are Rice Krispies, just with flavor. Yeah. Yeah. They're just and I tend to like flavor. Holy Hobbits, who is still with us, by the way. <laughs> Hello. Holy Hobbits, what is your feeling? Rice Krispies or Fruity Pebbles, the much better cereal? 
to be honest with you, it's going to be Rice Krispies. Oh, man. Thank you. Two vanilla, no flavored liking people hey. in this room. That's great. It's good stuff. Uh, but we uh, are talking about Star Trek, right? That's right. We we just heard that was Walter Koenig, mm-hmm. living legend, mm-hmm. uh, Ensign Chekhov himself. Yeah. Uh, and we we got into kamikaze and yeah. nobility, of course. You heard us talk a lot about nobility. Longtime listeners will remember we're big nobility fans here, mm-hmm. even though the show technically doesn't exist. It doesn't. It's not been released. True. It is. There is. There is a copy, and all of us here, we all had a chance to watch. We, we've seen the pilot. We've seen the pilot. it around. Mm-hmm. Everyone listening. There's a good reason to be excited. Express interest. Yeah. As you go through life, and Just at, kind of in the shower in the morning, say, hmm, I really hope to see nobility soon. I know. All of these waves through the universe will, will <laughs> eventually work. But we think that they got something cooking for this year's Comic Con. I mean, I'm sorry, Stan Lee's yeah, L.A. Comic Con. So it's S-L-L-A-C-C. Oh, no. See, I think he did it and purposely so that you would have to say it. Stan oh, Lee's man. L.A. Comic Con. I think I said it right. Yeah, but yeah. still, no one's going to use that no. that moniker. They're all going to say Stan Lee's Comic Con. It'll be right. Stalic. <laughs> yeah. See? See the problem with it? <laughs> I think that's it. No. I'm on to something here. So you guys can follow me at Stay Classy, S-L-L-A-C-C. Mm, you, you probably can't. No. Please no. don't even okay. try to look well, at that. Anybody you guys can follow me, follow me in my original uh, Stay Classy, the, S-D-C-C. That's right, okay. which is right. still hardly used, but <laughs> they might know that. So, and, so Kamikaze, Nobility, what's coming up? Well, um, you know, uh, well, um, we have an expert here today uh, who has gone. Oh, you know what, though? Before we bring you on, <laughs> hold on there. Put your put your paperwork down. Yes. Um, I think we should because we have. Holy Hobbit's literally about to speak. No, 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 no. I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> silencing you. No, because I think we should actually bring on. Um, I I think we should call um, a longtime friend of the show. Oh, you think it's time to get EJ on the horn? I think it's time. Writer, producer. Director, actor, E.J. De La Pena. I think we should call him all and, and ask right, him. Let's do it. Ask let's... him what's going on at Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con, formerly Kamikaze. Okay, I yeah. think we took the long way there, but let's do it. Let's dust off the old red uh, uh, E.J. phone. Let's give him a <laughs> ring. Hey, uh, can, can I get a little calling E.J. music? <laughs> calling E.J. E.J. De La Pena. EJ. Hey, come on, man. Hello. Hey, EJ, how you doing? It's uh, it's Grim Shea here. Oh man, not you again. Yep. <laughs> yep. You you gave me you gave me your number, and well, I'm gonna use it. Dang nabbit. Dang it. <laughs> EJ. How you doing? Hey, EJ. Hi. It's Marquis on the line. How are you? Hey, good. Man, it's so good uh-huh. to hear your voice. You yep, like- yep. You got a, you got a <laughs> bunch of us here, actually. In fact, we've even got our new friend, Holy Hobbits. Holy, would, would you like to say hi to EJ? Hey, EJ. How are you doing? Hi, Holy. So, so in what way are you holy? Should I be prostrating before you, or did you get shot up recently? <laughs> oh, good one. Yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's actually, it's just, it's it's kind of a way for you to replace foul language once in a while. So you say holy hobbits yep. once in a while. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it originated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there we go. So it's, it's Frodo on his way back uh, from, uh, from uh, uh, Mount Doom. 
or exactly. <laughs> wherever he was. And then he had a lot to curse about. Because why did the Eagles just freaking take him there? Uh, can you? Can they, I mean, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, have you heard the fan theory that that was actually Gandalf's plan, but then he had to sacrifice himself against the Balrog, and therefore he, he, he couldn't follow through the plan and had to let them go as best they could, and they had no way of reaching the Eagles on their own or, or, or knew Gandalf's plan? Wait, wait, this is a fan theory? Ooh, well, like it that. seems yeah. like Gandalf could have said, hold on, let's all just wait here in Elf City for a little bit. I got a phone call to make. <laughs> Before he had oh. to face the Belrog, he could have had the Eagles pick up the Hobbits at any point. At or had any just, point. just take, the, the Eagles could have taken the ring and flown over Mordor and dropped it. Yeah. It would have been very well, easy. Well, well. Stop poking holes in my favorite fan series. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm poking holy holes in the, in the fan series. Um, all right. Holy hobbits. Gosh holy dang hobbits. it. <laughs> See, it works, right? It's a, it's like the perfect person. It so word. does. Yeah. Holy hobbits, I am sorry, but your name is a cuss word now. Thank you. <laughs> I've been using it for years, yeah. so you're welcome to it. Well, EJ, she actually had the chance to watch because I saw the pilot episode or what you could put together at last year's Kamikaze, now this year's Stan Lee L.A. Comic-Con. And yes. and so we got a copy over. <laughs> so I've seen the newest version of it. Grim here has seen the newest version of it. Yep. Holy Hobbits has seen the newest version of it. Yep. When is everybody else going to see the new version of it? <laughs> uh, well, what what uh, what day is Saturday at Comic Con? All right, that's what I like. Right. There you go, everybody. Okay, so we have a, we have a new and improved uh, worldwide premiere of Nobility the series going on at Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con, uh, which would be this Saturday, <laughs> uh, and it's going to be at ten thirty a.m. Uh, at the comic convention at the LA Comic Center. Uh, what else have you guys got going on? Well, for this what, thing? Wait, have you been backing your files up this time? Is there is there an extra <laughs> USB stick you can throw this on just in case? There were there what were technical is issues last year. USB stick of which you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what is this that you're talking about? I I, I, I don't understand. Uh, well, you know what. Um, I don't think that I've really talked to you since, and I, I was there for the for the event, and I think it did. I think it came out great. I think it was it was a Thank really you. it was a memorable evening. It was it was it was great to be around all the people that were excited about the project, um, and it was great that you came through at the end. But can you tell yeah. what what happened last year? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Combination of things, but the main thing that that really ha um, messed us up was uh, we were doing uh, uh, some adjustments, and uh, a program failed and like wiped out, like just caused this massive like technical issue with the computer, Ugh. and it wiped out everything we had. Oh. And so we had to basically overnight reconstruct it with the the bits and pieces that we still had. And thankfully, as you said, we were able, you know, while there were some delays, uh, I'd like to think minor, but I think I'm lying through my teeth when I say minor. Uh, <laughs> I was there. It wasn't minor. <laughs> but but you, you, know, well, you did pump us full of candy, which was really awesome, by the way. <laughs> Mark mentions that every time he tells the story, by the way. He said the smartest thing I did. They gave us so much candy. <laughs> they did. It was great. <laughs> well, it was, it 
was really funny because the team. So I, I was focused working with with the team, um, uh, making sure that we had something to show, and the team that was on the ground uh, there, you know, our, our publicists and our convention team and and so on and so forth were there, and they were like all like like they were like moving things around and and coming up with ideas to to keep the event going while we were waiting for for this to to, to for for us to finish up uh, getting things ready to show, and. Uh, what, uh, I think it was uh, the publicist turned to our convention uh, manager uh, or one of our producers and said, I think the only thing that's going to keep them here now is food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really proud of the fact that the fans stayed. Yeah. You know, and I think that really says something to how um, hungry people are, not just for uh, nobility, but also for quality sci-fi. Yeah, I so think you're actually I, right. Yeah, and we, you know, we we were also, uh, you know, we were we were joined by Walter Koenig was there, I believe. Adrian yeah. Wilkinson, she had shown up. Um, I'm trying to remember who I think Cass was there. So th- there was there was a lot of people that were kind of coming in and you know g- coming in and out of this, uh, you know. And I'm sorry if you guys don't know exactly because I, I I was there and I kind of just jumped into this. But last year at the Kamikaze, there was a big premiere. And there was some delays, and we were all in a theater, and it didn't arrive in time, so we had to go to another room. Spoiler alert if you yes. missed the last five minutes of the show. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's what happened. And so uh, we were, you know, it was delayed by several hours. It, that's what it kind of turned out to be. Um, but, you know, I had nowhere else to go, so I was I was okay. <laughs> um, and I wanted to see this. Kicked him out. Kids didn't want to hear from him. <laughs> Enough of this nobility. Go watch it. That's what she said. And so, you know, I, I watched the show, and, you know, darn it, it came out pretty darn good i'll tell you that you know yeah i um there's there's something about and you know we we all need to be (laughs) i i wonder though of of what you thought that the show was going to be and going through that trauma of having it being wiped out and having putting and, and having to put it all back together again uh are you a better filmmaker now than you were a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, short answer, yes, yeah. uh, in my opinion. And, and you know, n- nothing magical or special, just uh, having not only that experience, but really the experience uh, of this entire project going back over the past, you know, I think it was four years ago that I, I came up with the concept. And uh, just everything I've learned all the way up, including, you know, uh, last year at Kamikaze and, and all the time since and, and going through that process, uh, really taught me a lot, uh, on production, on, on working with, uh, talent at this level, uh, uh, working with artists at this level. So, you know, as a producer, as a, as a, you know, just, it's been an incredible journey. Well, and what, what are you I don't, planning on learning at this Kamikaze? <laughs> The easier, do it, right? way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the easier way. Yeah. The easier way. Yeah. I I'll, I'll bet you you just want this to be boring, don't you? Oh, <laughs> uh, for me, yes. Not for not for everyone else, but for me, please. I want nothing to do but sit at the booth eating candy. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you can do that. And well, and what what are you going to give us? This year, I know we've got the new refurbished uh, pilot coming out, which is which is going to be great in its own right. But oh, yeah, I want to hear what else you're going to give us. Yeah, 
And he's oh, you mean as far? I've already seen this new pilot, so uh, you know I'm, I've I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. I've already I've I've uh, what else you got? Alternately bashed it and praised <laughs> it online. So Ooh, now I want to hear what you're gonna give me. <laughs> um, a big hug. Okay. For <laughs> that. Oh, there we go. No, but, no uh, um, go ahead. Well, no, I just seriously, actually, I think you guys will be, uh, we have a, a, a panel immediately following uh, in the same room uh, as the screening, and I think that you guys are going to be very interested in that because uh, we'll have a, a, a great set of panelists uh, that we're still finalizing right now, but uh, it's not going to be just about nobility, but it's going to be all about all sci-fi and where sci-fi is right now, whether or not the studios are giving fans what they want, um, where it's going, the role of independent sci-fi uh, within the broader industry, so on and so forth. So I think that's something you guys will be really interested in. And we'll also probably be talking a lot about uh, another one, uh, another project that we have um, uh cooking right now called Deadliest Fandom, which is a very fun mm. versus show uh, hosted by Gigi Edgley mm. from Farscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, is, is, this like a, is this like a game show, or, or, or what is this exactly? Well, it, it's a roundtable where uh -huh. we sit down and uh, discuss, so it could be... You know, Boba Fett versus Master Chief, or it could be, you know, uh, the Master Enterprise Chief D versus Darth. Out. No, he oh, 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 I, I, I uh-huh, no, 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 no. Master it's Chief called have no Shield. Come on, man. <laughs> I do believe he doesn't it need it. He just jumps from space. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He does. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so it's just basically a bunch of geeks sitting around a table and contemplating what ifs. Is that kind of what it well, is? Well, not. Not just that, uh, and and it, we actually get into the nitty gritty of you know it's not like a voting thing like a lot of a lot of other versus shows. This is more about actually breaking down uh, a lot of the technical aspects. We'll also have a science segment where we'll go into and okay, well there's the technology of the show. Well, where are we at today? Will we one day be able to reach that? And it all culminates in a really neat dramatization of the battle. Ooh, mm. oh, I like the structure, yeah. and I'm actually glad. <laughs> You, you brought it up because we just earlier, uh, the three of us were talking about the uh, Star Wars, Star Trek differences, how Star Trek is science fiction, Star Wars, a little bit more science fantasy. And yes. can the can they kind of coexist? I feel they can. Marky is uh, much more a Star Wars fan. But they can exist, both of them. But he grudgingly admits they can exist. <laughs> it's okay for people to be Trekkies. Uh, Holy Hobbits was raised on Star Trek, not a, a big Star Wars fan. I don't know, unless maybe you have some vitriol towards uh, Star Wars you want to express as well. No, no, um, no Just cold and different. <laughs> J.J. Abrams, everything he touches is gold, so I'm good with the new one. Okay, see, now that's interesting. Bring Most this up. hardcore Trekkies yeah. would say the new Star, uh, Star, Star Trek. Trek movies have slipped. They are something different. Now, EJ is one of those guys. I know you like them both, Yeah, but I know you're a Star Trek at heart. So, Leia, oh, yeah. what <laughs> is did you like I'm those, sorry, but... Did you like the J.J. The Abrams Star Trek movies? Uh, what aspect are we talking about? I mean, just did you like them? Like, I mean, did, we'll, we'll like, start with Carl Urban. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Carl Urban was amazing. Okay. Yes. All right, there we go. I love. 
I love the cast. I love the visuals, especially of Beyond. I love how they changed the uh, uh, how Warp looks from the outside. Mm-hmm. Looks amazing. The visuals are amazing. The stories. Um, I liked how Beyond they did kind of come back to uh, more of that kind of Trek uh, optimism and and uh, having a, a moral to discuss. But at the same time, I still feel like the stories, uh, especially for Into Darkness. Um, aren't quite up to snuff. I think there's a lot of plot holes in there, and and they and they did move away from the core of Trek. Now with with the '09 Star Trek, uh, the first one J.J. Abrams did, I really do feel that like, I I was okay with that because you know you're, it's an origin story and you did have that that kind of at at its core. Kirk never gives up. You know I don't believe in the no one scenario. That kind of thing. Um, but I think they really went the wrong direction with Net, uh, uh, with uh, Into Darkness, and then I think they brought it back a bit with with uh, Star Trek Beyond. So as far as the new new tracks and J.J. Abrams' influence, and uh, the way I feel about um, uh, uh, Star uh, Star Wars Seven. Um, I kind of feel the same way. Like there's some plot holes. It was a bit derivative, but again, the acting was amazing. Um, the uh, the visuals were amazing, and it was really fun and exciting to be there. But when I go to watch it the second time, I go, "Wait a second. <laughs> uh, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk this up. The fanboy glasses fall off. Yeah, I I think. I, yes. I don't think you liked them. That's, that's that's what I'm getting. Well, no, don't, yeah. don't no, put no. words I'm in the gonna, man's I'm gonna mouth. Say, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a judgment call here. I don't think you like. No, them. it's I think it's <laughs> and what's getting to Marquis here is that that's the exact opposite of how he would describe him because he thought uh, Into Darkness was the best one. Yes, exactly because. But of, he also comes into this without any preconceived notion or uh, of what it emotions be. to con. Exactly. Um, I, sure. I, 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 I am uh, aware that... of the original con of Ricardo Montalban, and I watched that movie. I didn't see him in the series, but I watched the movie. So I was aware of the significance of the con character. I was aware of all that stuff. But the the, the one thing that the the kind of running theory that, that, that we've been talking about here is that what J.J. ultimately does with the Star Trek um, franchise is that he turns it into Star Wars, at least in style. And so if you're, yeah. not, if you're not into that, if you're a Star Trek and not a Star Wars fan... And over 50 years, Star Trek fans have built up a discerning palette. Exactly. That is fair yeah. to say. Yes. And so you're going to be a little bit more closed off, especially to the one that was the most Star Wars-like, which was Into the Darkness, which is the one that I liked the most. Mm. So this is... This, so- you are validating our whole conversation. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <laughs> well, not right necessarily. Into our <laughs> That's right. Not yeah. necessarily. Not necessarily uh-huh. because, um, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And I've actually said for a while before the new Star Treks came out that Star Trek and Star Wars have a lot to learn from each other. Star Trek could be more action-oriented, could be a lot more visually impressive, though part of that is also because they were starting back in the 60s when they couldn't be as visually mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, back in the 90s, like Deep Space Nine was my favorite because, uh, in large part, um, because it was so much more exciting visually. But at the same time, Star Wars can learn a lot from Star Trek as far as uh, having an impact on society and having some sort of statement or message that has a positive influence. Now, what my problem with, with In the Darkness wasn't the fact that it was more, quote-unquote, Star Wars-like visually. Um, my issue with it was... They, rather than having a, 
they have the potential to have a very, especially with the fall of Vulcan in the 09 track, they have the opportunity to have a very interesting discussion on security versus principle, something that would be very applicable to the modern day, yeah. especially after 9-11. They chose rather to have something that was a little more tongue-in-cheek, cheesy, and a lot of, of uh, cracks uh, referring to earlier Star Trek uh, um, episodes or movies or what have you. And while I appreciated the, the tribute, at the same time, it was so cheesy and there were so many potholes and there were so many places where I thought things could have been done better uh, just from a, a script writing standpoint that – uh, that you, you miss out on such a great opportunity to have this really great story. Visually, it was amazing. The characters were awesome. Uh, I think that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch did an amazing job uh-huh. as Khan. Uh-huh. The fact that he was white instead of ethnic didn't bother me because, okay, maybe his ancestors uh, or the people who created him were in England, and there's a huge you know, uh, sick population in uh, England right now. So just like me, who I'm, I'm half Mexican, but I look very much white, Okay, so so he he inter- you know his ancestors or geneticists decided to intermingle. You have put a surprising amount were... of thought into this angle, EJ. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how Trekkies are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, so but, so none of that bothered me, but. Uh, yeah, well, you know, but and that's 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 kind of the thing is that it's you guys. I am not encumbered by this about uh, uh, by all the weight of the Star Trek fan. Yes. Uh, uh, a yeah. Star Trek fan would give uh, what we just heard from EJ yes. a reasoned, thoughtful, a logical thought through <laughs> response. Yeah. Whereas a Star Wars fan would say it's good because it's cool. That's not, exactly, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. And 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 well, that's exactly how I feel, even though I can't articulate it that well. Yes. But, and, and no. no one at the table is surprised, Marky. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I was going to say that's okay. You're just confirming my thoughts about the inadequacy of the intelligence of Star Wars fans. Oh. oh use I, the I, force on him, Marky. <laughs> use the force on him. He just Jedi mind What he did. Look, man, look, look. I'll, I'll, all I know is this, is that J.J. Abrams used this tiny little franchise to audition for what was ultimately his main goal, and he got it. So now that he got the Star Wars thing, do you think that any of his experience in Star Trek popped up in The Force Awakens? Like, did he um, take anything with him to that? Well, obviously, he took Simon Pegg with him. Uh, (laughs) The worst part of it, but okay, go on. (laughs) Yeah, um, I have a feeling that character will come back. Um, Mm -hmm. But anywho, um, yeah, um, I think that probably a lot, being such a a hardcore Star Wars fan that G.J. Abrams has been, just like, his relationship with Star Wars is probably very similar to my relationship with Star Trek, where it was very formative for me and and so on and so forth. And so as far as as narratively, considering how much of Star Wars he injected into Star Trek, I'm not sure that got transferred over to Star Wars. But what I do do think got transferred over to Star Wars um, was that knowledge and experience of dealing with a franchise that is beloved by hundreds of millions. Yeah. And And how to present that... it depends on who you talk to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the crux of our entire conversation here. But, <laughs> but 
no, it, it, it was great. My my only issue with, with the Force Awakens, uh, or my main issue, was the plot seemed a bit derivative, and uh, Ray is an incredible Mary Sue. Meaning. The, you, Oh, okay, sorry, it's, it's a, a writer's term. It's a character that can do no wrong, has all powers that, whatever power that person needs at any given moment, she magically has, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Um, oh, and yes, so it, she was just too powerful. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Another cool. franchise I didn't, uh, that's a fr- I didn't get too into that franchise. Though if you want to talk anime, Gurren Logan is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, before we get into anime, I, yeah, well, let's, <laughs> Let's wrap up this discussion here because I think there's a lot to be said for and and thanks for 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 giving us your two cents on it because we were we were, we were it, it was getting heated. Yeah, it, it was does. getting heated and I think you proved me right and I'm sure everybody else at the table <laughs> feels the same I'm way. I'm sure about that one. You know, I but so, you know, well, you know what though, but look, he um there, as a diehard Star Wars junkie fanatic, and I know pretty much everything about it. I'm a, I am an expert on it. Uh, his his movie totally delivered for me, and I believe I speak Good. for millions of us. Like we're completely happy with that product. He nailed it, as far as I'm concerned. And I think that I feel I wish that the Star Trek community. You know, I wish that they had a similar experience that I believe the Star Trek community had to a J.J. Abrams reboot. You know, I think that you guys didn't quite feel the same way as we did because ultimately he's not a fan of Star Trek. I mean, not no. not as much as he is about Star Wars. He yeah. kind of gets that a little bit better. Um, so, you know, I'm glad he turned Star Trek into Star Wars, and I'm sorry that you guys. <laughs> um, but anyway, EJ, uh, what yeah. else? You, what, what else? Yeah. yeah. The the next thing we're all going to be talking about is where does nobility lie in that, and we can start getting some answers to that at Comic Con. Damn it, Stanley's <laughs> Los Angeles Comic Convention. Uh-huh. Uh you can catch us 10:30 a.m. Saturday the 29th if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right. You can catch the Nobility uh pilot and then a nice long uh, uh pr- Oh are are you guys going to be uh you, are you going to be covering that Oh, you're thinking a deadliest fandom. Uh, during the panel, it'll probably come up, but uh, th- that won't be the sole purpose of the panel. The panel is there to discuss uh, sci-fi in general uh, and uh, independent sci-fi specifically. All right. All right. Well, that sounds great. Let's, yes, that should be a good nine, ten hours there. Let's so good totally go. <laughs> let's have this conversation all over again. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Well, we have nine hours to go into it. Well, that's, well, that's right. I, I now I'm out of notes though, so I'm going to go ahead and pull the plug on this. Uh, I want to I want to thank you for taking our call, EJ. Every time we talk to you, I can't even count how many times now over the years. Uh, so I'm excited that there is something tangible here with Nobility now. I wish you luck. I don't know if I'm going to make it down or up to L.A. But the two of us will. No. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're going to get to meet uh, Holly here. I mean, sorry, Holy Hobbits here. And you're going to, and then I'll see you again. And you do owe me a big hug. <laughs> it's care. always fun, guys. Thanks for having me again. All right. All right. Thanks, EJ. Bye. We're at Monster Stadium. Frankenberry steps to the plate. I'll fill it with my delicious strawberry-flavored cereal, Frankenberry. You're out! A good, nutritious breakfast with Count Chocula is a real hit. Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Both you guys are dying. <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture, collector's close-ups. It's Mr. Spark. 
You can get Star Trek the motion picture collector's close-ups. Two on each specially marked box of the monster cereals. And there you go, everybody. Another chat with EJ. Man, that guy is made of energy. I know. Every I love time that. we have him He's on. Got such positivity. He's he is. And and, and we're gonna go from a old friend to a new friend as we're gonna introduce a a special preview of what was formerly the convention known as Kamikaze. Now it's called Stan Lee's LA Comic Con. And we're gonna bring in here. Hey, Holy. Holy Hobbit. What's going on at the Stanley L.A. Comic Con? There's a lot of things going on. So we've got a bunch of people I'm excited to meet. I've got Richard Spite. It's Spate. You mean Richard Spite? Spate. Eight. <laughs> I'm never going to get this. Oh, that was never going to get this. That was fun catching her on that. I know. Right off the bat. Richard Spate. Right um, we are going to have... Uh, Rob, his buddy, and they're going to be doing um, what's the name? Like, like oh, Fistic- King, oh, yeah. uh, Kings it's of Con. It's not Con Men, it's Kings of Con. Uh-huh. And, uh, that's right, not the Alan Tudyk yeah. project. But Alan Tudyk will also be there. From what I'm hearing, yeah. Yes. Which I'm excited Ooh. for as well. But yeah. Kings of Con first. Kings of Con, okay. Um, and then we've got um, Walter that we've mentioned earlier. Walter Koenig. Walter Koenig. Yeah, uh-huh. really excited to see him as well. It's Walter Spate. Rhymes with eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to live that down, am I? Thanks, guys. Yeah. And then we've also got uh, Carrie Elwes, uh doing some signatures and autographs and photo opportunities, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. I think he's previewing his book that he's writing. So or written, and that is uh, that's Elways. Elways, Elways. I'm giving up. Uh, he's and he's from the Princess Bride. Bride, bride. No, bride. Uh, it's not breed. It's all right, all right. That's okay. enough picking on Holly. <laughs> and also, <laughs> Robin. Who, who you keep calling Holly? Anyway, I keep calling so. Holly. I know. <laughs> it's just it just comes out. I don't know. I'm sorry. We but have ho- got we have. to cut down on the weed on this show. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Something's wrong with us. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So what else? Uh, uh, we've also got um, Sherry Lynn Fenn from Twin Peaks, who play, played um, Audrey. Um, Ooh, and did she ever. Oh, <laughs> Sherry Lynn Fenn. Every, oh. every, every boy. She, she had the mole before Cindy Crawford, I think. Oh, wow. If you look at the chronology, she could. She <laughs> rocks a beauty mark. <laughs> <laughs> She's molarific. No, no, that could be talking about no. her too. I'm not gonna <laughs> moly moly. Remember that joke? <laughs> I do, despite your attempt to massacre it. Go on. Uh we've also got um, Kevin Conroy going as well as Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar. That's a lot, Ooh, of, lot of that's Batman a lot of a lot of Batman. Lee Merriweather as well. Another uh, former friend of, guest, the show. friend of the show. I see her name on the board. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. We still haven't taken it. We down. still have her phone number here. Five oh five. No. Yeah. Don't say no. no. Former Miss America, nineteen fifty or fifty five, I believe. One of the or fifty six or eighty one. Sorry, was, Miss Merriweather. No, she was yes. Uh, we we love Lee Merriweather. She's a friend of the show, um, along with Richard Spate, who was on our Jericho show. Richard Spate rhymes with eight, so we got two of our past guests. Walter Koenig is going to be there. That's three. Uh, Alan Tudyk's going to be there. That's four. Oh my God! It's, four, they, are, they are just robbing our stables. Four friends of this show is going to be at Comic Comicazi, uh, Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con. <laughs> Uh, uh, this weekend, what what else we got coming on? Um, 
I'm still going through the list, and I'm still finding more and more each day. Uh, Maurice LaMarche as well will be there. Uh-huh. Um, the celebrated voice actor, Maurice mm-hmm. LaMarche. Absolutely. So I'm going through it you every day. You actually said that perfectly. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why. I felt <laughs> well, you know what? Let's, um, th- there's there is there is something really sweet gonna gonna. Um, there's a sweet experience coming, uh, and for those of us that go to the San Diego Comic Con, that is complete and total mass hysteria, <laughs> and it is it's exhausting, and it's stressful. It's amazing, right? It's yep. fun. It's worth it. But yep. it's it's a lot, a lot of work. When you go to, and I've been to the Kamikaze, Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con before, um, and I've been to WonderCon. I've been to some of the smaller ones and things like that. And there's still, there's awesome talent, right. big, but what's big the difference stars between that and Comic Con? There's no stress. Ah, there you go. That's what the about key. lines? Do we have lines no for days? No. Nope. nope. No, All right, no camping out. Not the way you know them. It's just not. It's so. Like, if you can live through one day of Com- of San Diego Comic Con, yeah. then you could live through five of these. Like, I mean, this is nothing. And it's not that it's not fun. It's fun. It's just like there's there is there is this like level where you actually get to walk around and it's not crowded and crawling and it's just and it's also Halloween weekend. So people yeah, they, are even, they do that on purpose, yeah, I think. It, so, it just really lays on the uh, yeah. cosplay angle. Uh, but what else is there to catch there? Uh, well, look, this is – uh, uh, well, you know what? I, I actually have something because I was there last year, and I, I forget the name of the band. I think it's like Time Machine or something like that. But there is an oh, 80s the Doc cover. Brown. There's a – yeah, I, I don't remember what it's called. But for, for, any, for anybody that's in the L.A. area, if you can get to, to the Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con, go on Saturday. And then right next to it in the, in the Nokia Theater or in the Nokia something center or whatever, mm-hmm. um, the, this band, which is an 80s cover band, I, I don't know if it's called Time Machine, but everybody dresses like they're in like the Back to the Future movie. You got a Doc Brown. You got a Doc got Brown a, and a Marty McFly. Marty McFly and yeah. they play 80s hits. Yep. And everybody's dressed like, you know, it's a dead man's party, right? And they're obviously <laughs> going to sing that. And it's just like this awesome party at night. I, I think that they they do that a little bit better than San Diego Comic Con because there's just there's so much going on at, you know, here yeah. at, at the Yeah, at the, there wouldn't be one thing that one anyone thing, goes to at the right. end, but this is but like a big wrap-up. Exactly. There's this, cool. there's this one thing. So I want to invite everybody there uh, at the Kamikaze Stanley L.A. Comic Con uh, go check it out. Uh, I think it's there's still tickets available. It's thirty five dollars on Saturday, and it, that gets you into the party uh, that night. It's a lot of fun. So, there you go. That's what you want to aim go. for. And there's obviously a lot of uh, convention uh, collectibles and exclusives. I think you had mentioned something. What was it? What did, what did, what did you want? Shiny oh, there's a shiny Colossus pop vinyl <laughs> thing. <laughs> so we want that. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, our our uh, technical staff here, under the guise of Holy Hobbits, found out it's the flux capacitor. The flux capacitor. Why didn't I know that? Okay. All right. So well, I remember we talked about them at last year's yeah. Kamikaze when it was still Kamikaze, so I can say Kamikaze. This year it's Stan <laughs> yes. Lee's L.A. Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. Go. So check it out. Uh, we're going to be there on Saturday. Um, the flux capacitors are, are Saturday night. You can see the nobility uh, pilot, the revamped, remodeled 
ready for prime time show. Shiny, shiny paint, yeah. clean and, lines. Uh, but yeah, thanks to Walter Koenig. Uh, he's a friend of the show. He's been on yep. a couple times. Uh, really, really great talking to him. And EJ, of course, many, happy, many times. Happy 50th anniversary, Star Trek. Yeah, I love you. you. Go. Golden, golden anniversary. Golden anniversary. Uh, and thanks to Paramount, who's going to be giving away uh, Star Trek Beyond. If you guys email me, it's Saturday Morning Serial, all spelled out. Saturday Morning Serial at Maddie P Radio. Saturday Morning Serial at Maddie P Radio. Dot they, com? No, yeah, sure. Throw, throw, throw <laughs> at it. Uh, dot com. It and, might speed things up. And if at least eight of you can send me an email, then seven of you will be disappointed. And the eighth <laughs> of you, the, the eighth person will get a copy of, before anybody else can buy it, you're going to get the copy of Star Trek Beyond. So, And that's a Blu-ray, DVD, digital, HD copy, all in one glorious It's got so much. It might have 3D involved. It's very difficult to tell from all the acronyms that they have on here. <laughs> but there's a good chance. It's definitely going to look good. It's on Blu-ray. So if you've got a Blu-ray player and you're wondering why, I got your answer right here. Here we go. So, so send us an email at Saturday Morning Serial at MattyPRadio.com. And we'll send you this gorgeous and amazing movie. We might. We, we yeah. might. If you're the Some eighth you. emailer, if you're the 20th email, if you email us, you have to write something. You know what? At least a clever subject All seven line. people but, will get something. Okay. All, all eight. All right. Because I even have, remember, the Schmaltz Brewery. Uh, they have a golden anniversary Star Trek beer that you can get in some... Oh, what kind of beer is it? It's the Trouble with Trebles. Trouble, uh, Trouble with Tribbles. The huh? Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, is that an IPA? Is it's, it a stout? They're is it all a Pilsner? Ales. This is a microbrewery. So it's a, a Romulan ale. It's not a Romulan ale. Why? Why is it not Romulan ale? You're gonna have the to come back right, for, the, for the diamond anniversary. They'll have a Romulan <laughs> ale. So, <laughs> but right now, so uh, for every, anyway, send, send us an email. Tell us you're listening to the show. I'll send you something, okay? But the eighth email is gonna get the Star Trek Beyond DVD. But yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Email us. Tell us what your trouble with tribbles are. <laughs> Best answer. That's that's what that's the way we'll that's the way we'll do it. Okay. So we're changing the whole rule. Nice, yeah. Like okay. That. All right. Yes. I think we were just kind of we were just going to put names in a hat. This way, at least it looks like you guys did something. Okay. All right. And, and, and homework. Okay. Exactly. All now right. I feel better. We're changing about everything. It. So the best uh, explanation of what your trouble with triples yeah. is. Just put, put one of one of your trouble with triples. <laughs> okay. Put that in an email. Send it off to once again Saturday Morning Serial at mattypradio.com. That's all written in English using your keyboard. Uh huh. Or Romulan. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's that's not Romulan. Oh, that's wow. Not Romulan. I'm sorry. I was afraid you might wade into that with your Star Trek boots on. <laughs> thanks a lot, everybody. All right. That's enough of this. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Holy Hobbits, thank you. Thank you guys for having me again. All right. All right. Let's do this again soon. What do you say? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. That's enough. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.